carbon capture and storage can remove more than 90% of CO2 emissions from industry and power generation. This technology is one of the ways ExxonMobil is advancing climate solutions. Learn more at ExxonMobil.com. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Hi there. I am Adam Kirbas, and you are listening to my podcast, Literally Analysis. Today we continue with our analysis of Macbeth. We are still there. It is quite interesting. So, so we, the last time we have already discovered some main themes. Today we will continue thereafter. There, thereafter we will delve into uh, the structures of plots. Um, this is for an author very important. So uh, we will uh, a little bit uh, talk about Macbeth, the first act and, and the second act. So which scene follows each scene. So this pretty much depends as well as with the with the uh, themes, uh, we will try to analyze this, and then in the future, I have prepared some some screen plays where we will some sort of try to analyze uh, how this scene changes works. This is not very, or this is indeed interesting. If you're an author, I cannot emphasize this enough because because if uh, if you write novels, screenplays, whatever, a lot and a hell lot really depends how to structure it. I mean, you, you can have a good idea or even a brilliant idea, but it some sort of loses itself when you cannot really structure it. But however, we will uh, before that we will continue with some other themes which. Maybe not that strong in Macbeth, but however, with some sort of uh, a consistency or or some sort of uh, um, occur consistently throughout Shakespeare's work, we will uh, name some of this. Okay, the first one is we have already talked about the, this is family, family about children, babies. We. To said it is sacrifice, but whatever it is, I mean, this family thing plays a crucial part in other Shakespeare's as well. Think about King Lear, family dynamics. I mean, we have, we have in, in Macbeth, King Duncan, who is some sort of a father. He's even named by Lady Macbeth as a father. We have as well as, uh, uh, uh Macduff, who abandons his, his, family what this is all about i mean this is as well as love this is another theme love and honor so family plays a crucial part especially when mac duff some sort of uh, is not willing to fight for mac beth rather flees it is uh, it in appears 
as if it would be honorable. Yeah, he some sort of has duty for or some sort of feels a duty towards his country. Yet he abandons his family. So, so, so what is what weighs more, family or your country? And this is some sort of uh, in Macbeth as, as well, and as well as we have Malcolm uh, and. Dumbledore, who abandoned their father, who some sort of do not feel either out of cowardice or lack of love, do not really willing or are not really care enough to some sort of avenge their father. So I mean, we again said uh, that uh, that. Malcolm or King Duncan's son pretty much fled thereafter. Uh, the murder was committed by Macbeth, which um, sort of uh, incurred um, suspicion on them. This was uh, a big issue. While uh, why Malcolm was not named successor, but Macbeth, because the their cover this got the better of it. So the the you have some sort of Things like love or lack of love or lack of love for family. Family is, you would say, part of your honor. This is what you hear when Macbeth faces King Duncan. So that that his duty and his honor or his duty is towards his country and his king this is you would rather say his duties towards his family or his father this 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 father figure what is in king duncan again this is the this would leave a lot of space for interpretation because yeah family is a really broad broad uh, understanding we would have to analyze king lear for that matter however but it is it it plays a crucial part especially when it comes with with uh with love and honor so where do you lie where lie honors i mean make tough who abandoned his family but didn't wanna fight for a tyrant so so where lies his honor i mean i i i interpret it as, as a coward this where shakespeare indeed puts emphasis that your love belongs to your family so you should always be with your family this is what you as well as see in in uh, in the scene where lady macduff calls her husband a traitor uh, uh, and uh, and some sort of names him dead whereas his son if you want his son macduff's son is very brave because he some sort of uh, defends the honor of his father but dies while defending it so so, so the l- love honor and family play a crucial part and it, uh, as well as you, uh, it is part of your masculinity <laughs> then the next thing is uh, the next theme which i think then will lead us to 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 the the most important part or one of the key important parts and this is the dagger i announced it before we will talk a little bit about the psychoanalytical interpretations of of this what it it some sort of suits itself it is vivid 
uh, but what uh, the next theme which we talked about as well is the inevitability so even though Macbeth threw out the, the play some sort of uh, ruminates whether he should go forth with it and later he even uh, repents Macbeth and Lady Macbeth this was actually not a good idea because yeah uh, now you have a lot of issues to think about you are paranoid you are haunted and so on and so forth so but inevitability this is as well as we see throughout the play um, uh, where where you have uh, already some sort of this vicious circle in in the beginning the play starts actually with a storm so with a storm there's a gathering storm but but uh, and then t there's treason there, there's murder there's war there's and this treason murder uh, um, as well as wrong kings who succeed to the throne of Scotland this some sort of um, continues and this then leads to this, um, this uh, vicious circle but as well as some sort of inevitability uh, you cannot this is Cape it. This already starts with the three, which is the three sisters who who uh, uh, ha have a pilot's thumb as a trophy. The pilot who wanted to return, save himself, whatever it is, but he couldn't, and so on. So, so this plays a crucial part, uh, as well as with the part of, of war. I mean, you have war almost in many Shakespeare place for example in Romeo and Juliet uh, you have this war between uh, uh, between the two families you are born King Leia and so on and so on. and so forth so war plays a crucial part as well but with um, so and it is again in Macbeth the back layer but what we want to continue now is uh, is the dagger the dagger which I said is again some sort of a symbol of inevitability. So this happens in 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 the uh, you you some sort of if you go through the play you, you have some sort of a back and forth. We will talk about this uh, later. But you have some sort of a slowly and gradually uh, approaching to one point that that to, to the point that there is no return anymore and this is what we said here the dagger some sort of stands for it i mean macbeth in the beginning when he this dark prophecy some sort of was transmitted to him he shrieks he he's scared scared of his own scared of his own dark thoughts this is being noticed by his friend Banco and then later on he again some sort of ruminates whether he should go forth with it he, he's, uh, he, he fears the consequences uh, these things they happen I mean uh, especially what happened after what happened to his Pretty sad. This is a warning to him. Uh, he he wants to some sort of mitigate the impact of of the consequences and the, and with this ruminating and and so on. Then the 
dagger, some sort of is the end of it. It pretty much uh, the end of this ruminating, the end of of this procrastination. You have to go for it. I mean, uh, you have to go for it. There is no way back anymore. So this is one interpretation. You could put the dagger on because make. Beth, he himself says, yeah, that the dagger leads his way already, huh? The dagger, some sort of, he, he cannot go back anymore, and this would pretty much hit the theme of the play, what you see here before with the pilot's thumb, with this uh, vicious uh, circle of treason and weak, cowardly kings, who, uh, uh, and so on. However, as well as uh, it would, uh, but as well, there is, of course, a psychoanalytic analysis as well. This is pretty much made famous by, by or is famous in the psychoanalysis. This is the, this is where the dagger is considered a phallus symbol. This means, or, um, to say it very simply, this is uh, that the emphasis is that the Macbeth is, is an Oedipal construct. So if you know King Oedipus, he, some sort of, without knowing, killed his father and married his mother. And from this, the psychoanalysis uh, derived this Oedipus complex, which means that a young child, a young, a young boy tries to be near his mother, tries to be some sort of swoon here, tries to charm her, and in that sense he competes with his father for the attention of his mother. This is not something we would assume as deranged or whatever, no, it is in the psychoanalysis, this, this uh, conflict, this conflict uh, between son and father. This is important because the son more and more understands or should understand that he cannot compete with his father for his motherly affection or for his motherly love. That's why he some sort of copies his father, his behavior in order to, to or uh, emulates him in order to, to be like him and, uh, and then be close to his mother. Whereas his mother, he doesn't want to commit incest. And so no, it is rather his mother becomes a symbol of femininity of womanhood there is a lot of psyche uh, a lot of psychological research actually which states that a lot of boys as a, as well as girls uh, however you see it uh, especially in their formative years yes orient themselves on persons who are around them who, who raise them this this doesn't mean that this Persian are uh, these persons of affection or emotional closeness has have to be their biological parents, but in general people who are who are around them, adults have a huge influence on young children uh, concerning how to behave, how to think, and so on and so forth. And with this Oedipus complex, the psychoanalysis tried 
try to explain some of the conflicts we have in our adult life. So um, this is, despite the fact that this is normal, this conflict between son and father as well as between daughter and mother, this is vital for the development of a child. Uh, however, a um, uh, uh, positive development or a healthy development is when the child some sort of takes over the behavior of his father and and then becomes a grown-up um, and uh, and leaves this conflict behind whereas a lot of people or, or some people can never overcome this conflict they can never leave it behind them so this is the psychoanalysis you can like it or not like it, it doesn't matter, but it is still within literally analysis, psychoanalysis plays a crucial role. So these conflicts with between father and son, uh, as well as mother and daughter. And in Shakespeare's Macbeth, one could say, despite um, you can some sort of interpret uh, Macbeth, in that sense, and uh, first you would then say that Macbeth some sort of gets envious, envious of King Duncan, his his opposition, his social standing. So and uh, be, because with being a king comes of a lot of uh, benefits, yeah, but uh, as well as uh, a lot of desirability. Think about many people who assume that when they are wealthy, when they are uh, kings, uh, then they will be desirable to women. This is what you have in Macbeth as well in the, in the, in, uh, in, uh, in Act 4, where Duncan in a way confesses the deep desires of his heart, despite the fact that he's a virgin. However, he some sort of has, has his desire, uh, lust, uh, to 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 crave he craves female flesh he wants a lot of attention sexual attention um, and this comes with being king he's assured by McDuff no matter how big his 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 voluptuousness is Scotland has enough women so so uh, you could then see him or assume that being king you you get a lot of attention with women so or in an oedipal uh, conflict you surpass your father you overcome him you get attention of the opposite of the opposite sex where you can prove that you are more man than your father where you can prove that you are a man or whatever it is because and masculinity is a key theme in make Beth as well, so it is not too far fetched that you would assume you are being king, some sort of makes you to this big man, to this real uh, masculine man, because because uh, it some sort of goes beyond your physical appearance, but it is a symbolic power being the king, being being the head head of it all, being 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 the head of the table and so on so so you have some sort of a, a desire uh, or why Macbeth would 
desire to get rid of King Duncan because the king has some sort of a symbolic power and as well as it it emulates partially his father so Lady Macduff would have killed King Duncan herself if he if he hadn't resembled her father so she even says that and you have as well as uh, a lot of references to to um, in the play that King Duncan is some sort of considered as a father figure to all and uh, and that he is appreciated as as that or seen as that and this is again and the conflict you could then say some sort of starts because King Duncan is a weak king as well uh, he's beloved um, beloved this is a way you could say or where you have to be of course careful but in a civilizatory Uh, approach you would say king duncan he stays back he he is the king or he he does not really uh, or is not really engaged in blood blood because in the second scene of the first act you you hear him calling out who is this bloody man there i mean there are people who are bloody his soldiers people who fight for him he's not the father or the king he's not soaked in blood you could see this we said as weakness and it has been seen as as weakness in the play but as well as some sort of a civilizatoric development because you would not assume that the king later on would get his hands bloody or some sort of would soak his hands in blood as it happens with Macbeth and Lady Macbeth, who are uh, after murdering, uh, after murdering their, 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 uh, their king. You could assume, yeah, a king should stand beyond this. You have, again, in the, in the fourth act, a uh, reference to King Edward of England, who actually does not wage war, but he's, People, so there is a different understanding of king and some sort of you could then assume your king Duncan is from a different world is from a different world in that sense that he may be a too good king or he's a too perennial child who doesn't who is born into a world of war and this world of war will in the end devour him and it then indeed devours him so so this is again uh, so a difference his weakness could uh, or is the driving force in the play while why people you show up against him and will assert against his descendants as well because Malcolm his son is weak as well so however this fatherly weakness of king duncan this is then taken advantage of because in a competition between son and father you wanna do everything you can to overcome your father in an oedipus uh, conflict you wanna some sort of found find a niche where you're stronger than your father and king Duncan, who is, who, who is weak, especially weak in that sense on the 
battlefield. He's not with his man. This is the sphere. This is the niche where you, where Macbeth can overcome his, his father, some sort of get, get, uh, rid of him and this needs a violent act so so and this the, and this then would prove if the dagger as well the dagger then would stand with a phallus symbol that he some sort of uh, gets rid of king duncan his father or his uh, perennial father who stands in his way to become greatness to to be considered as a man, and, and their way, they, they get this phallus symbol, some sort of leads his way. I mean, this is not far-fetched, far-fetched in that sense. You would say that, yeah, Macbeth has actually no children. This is a very important to note, whereas King Duncan has children. This means Malcolm, no matter whether he's weak or not, inherits his father's crown, whereas Mac. Beth has no children and he even says, yeah, I, on my head they put on a fruitless crown. So he has no children. This makes him envious as well as this questions his manhood. Is he a man? This is again, this hits the spot of Max, uh, of the, or, or this hits the theme of the play manliness. Is he a man? Uh, and man, father, children uh, have a lot of um, children, but his wife, wife this, uh, decides against it. it. This is a sacrifice we, s we said of your of their ambition. So Macbeth uh, has no children. This makes him envious. This some sort of questions his manhood, his manliness, <clears throat> and therefore King. Duncan, in that sense, who can father children despite we being weak, is being considered more manly, more, more, more masculine, uh, which then again some sort of could be a driving ambition to get rid of him beyond greed, uh, because the theme I would say the theme of the play is pretty much clear with theme uh, with. Greed as the main driving force for Macbeth to go after being or to go after the kingship. You have this as well as with drunkenness, these references to drunkenness and why it is so important. Um, so I would say it is, it is the theme of the plays indeed, uh, greed and, and over ambition, ambition without the regard of the consequences um, you would uh, have to say that Macbeth is indeed aware of the consequences but however some sort of too much drunkenness too much too much uh, eagerness or, or um, too much ambition some sort of disregards these consequences even the warning warning of his pretty Assessor, uh, who who was slain, so so, so th there you have these references to drunkenness, which I think is is key to understand that the key theme of or, or the driving force why Macbeth does it is indeed uh, um, 
bisschen, äh, ein bisschen explained or epitomized in drunkenness, which disregards the consequences, despite the fact that Macbeth knows about the, them. He is well aware of them. He tries to mitigate them, but he, he decides against it and this comes of course with a sacrifice of his womb of his wife who cannot be a children because she, she she had to do something so every uh, social or the if you some sort of climb the social ladder this would come with with sacrifices this is what we get told or the treason that you can succeed in Treason, you have to sacrifice something for it or to, to, to the evil spirits. Uh, they do not give you anything for free. This is what we see in the prophecy when Macbeth is hailed king or he, he could be in the future. This is not a good, uh, these are not good tidings. They, they are not received very well, quite the contrary these tidings they, they are being feared this news is not something good or you would celebrate celebrate despite the fact that Macbeth some sort of won a war he, he won this war against the king of Norway as well as against the treacherous Thane uh, of Cordor his his predecessor no one might assume yeah this is a time of celebration now he he's already successful here he has accomplished a lot and then he's be, even be hailed king so so one might assume that these messages would be received as as a, as as a, as a big chance for celebration but yet they are not they dampen his his whether his mood is dampened he he fears he thinks about murder and so on so so it never crossed his mind and there you see the start of the OM ambition this driving force for him so this is what I assume is the main driving force of the play however psychoanalytic we were or I wanted to mention the psychoanalytic uh, as well or um, especially the driving force I mean why do people do certain things this is indeed a key and especially if you if you write novels or or, or whatever you write your your villain as well as your protagonist needs a reason to do things he needs a motive and I uh, and for that matter psychoanalysis plays a indeed an, an important role because it gives this motive you would have a motive so if greed uh, about or greed after power after wealth and so on would not be there you could still say Macbeth would have some sort of a motivation to get rid of King Duncan because he is more manly because he has children this is the the point where people get envious believe me so those for example men who do not have children or who cannot father children they have a lot of a uh, lot of hate 
hatred, envy against man who can. So this is, this is not far fetched. This is actually, you will find in the real world as well. So envy, hatred against man. You do not, or, uh, you do not feel yourself as man become as man who can father strong sons and so on and this is again a key issue you you have key in play or it is implied in the play as well with Banco whose 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 descendants then will claim the claim the throne and so on for fathering sons and sons you you have again are more valuable than 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 girls. This is something you pretty much perceive in the play. In in King Leia, things are different. But however, in that sense, from an from a psychoanalytic view, you would indeed see that make um, make. Beth, without the reason, would have a motive uh, to 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 fight uh, or to commit treason. So and and um, writing, uh, writing are the big key ingredients of writing. You will see this in every uh, crime novel and every uh, where they sleuth uh, some sort of hunts the villain. The villain has always a good motive. Motif. Uh, this is key. Um, not a simple motif like yeah. Well, I, I just don't like him. No, this is not enough. Uh, and the psyche analysis, despite the, all its, I would say, yeah, it's a questionable approaches. This is what we have to say as well. So psyche analysis this is rather. Uh, you have to. Take this with a big grain of salt because it is not really science, rather philosophy. However, but yet it it can indeed deliver a motive. It could be a good motive, some sort of there's manliness. You have to prove your manliness. The place full of it. You have to prove that you are um, that you are strong. That you that you some sort of can stand in a war and so on. And your dark desires is. Um, revolves around the fact that you are more man and this does apparently do not leave you re uh, and uh, keeps you restless and so on and so forth so so it is key uh, for human understanding so it is not far fetched it is indeed something you would find in reality as as one and and another theme is of course haunting so we you you have this with the ghost of of, of banco uh, which haunts him banco is different this is very important because banco is as well as about friendship banco was was uh, macbeth's friend he 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 was his companion macbeth feared him because banco was very sm smart uh, he he compares himself to Mac Anthony. Macbeth compares himself to Mark Mac and uh, Mark Anthony, whereas Banco is uh, considered to be Caesar, so he's a genius. Macbeth fears him, uh, and killing Banco is um, as it appears in the 
in the play far worse than getting rid of Duncan because Banco is his close friend. He is with him when this prophecy is 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 broken to him. He is with him in war, so they fought next to each other. They are close, and this this killing of. Banco, this is, uh, you would say, then the last straw. This is where he gets too far huh? because he's consumed by madness. He's consumed by by paranoia, and this because of this um, uh, be, because he crossed here the line. This is why he is haunted by Banco. I mean, haunting is a big issue. We will talk about it when we talk about. Ed Gellin, Poe, where you have haunting, which is some sort of uh, past crime you have committed or something you try to forget, some sort of reappears in in a different shape and haunts you. So, so you try to forget it, you try to continue your life as before you have this uh, uh, with with uh, Macbeth in the feast so he tries to give a feast but he is haunted with uh, with the ghost of Banker who sits in his place so the, the, the table is full you have this 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 notion as well so the table is full so uh, he he did the worst thing in that sense. He got rid of a friend, of a close confidant. Uh, this was this was the last straw. Huh? So and this is you could then say why he exclaims so when he sees the ghost of Banco that the table is full. So um, as well as the, this is a lot of envy. So uh, Macbeth is again some uh, ridden and driven by his manliness because he saw or. Banco was given the prophecy that his that his children will succeed uh, becoming kings. He will father a lot of uh, king or uh, sons who will become kings. Whereas Banco himself will not be a a king. However, however, I mean he's more man than or it is con. See that, or you could consider it. He is more man than Macbeth because he can father children. So Macbeth is envious about uh, of him. He uh, again says, "Yeah, on, on my head is a fruitless crown." This is again you have the same with King Duncan. He he feels himself inferior to Banco as well as he felt in a psychoanalytic. Uh, setting you could say yeah this is about manliness uh, and he feels himself inferior mm, whatever you want or paranoid mm, paranoid and uh, be, because this comes with tyranny as well which bank which make Beth himself uh, expressed when he uh, ruminated about the conce Quences where he said, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, if you some sort of uh, creator, president, if you some sort of kill King Duncan, you will one day become a victim of treason as well. So these warnings, these warnings of his pretty 
says a witch tried to a witch is supposed to stop him from continuing now come to haunt him uh, he he sees a ghost where there is none uh, he he sees this treason and with banco with his last close kind of con fidant gone uh, he gets even more madder huh? because then he he sees in everyone a traitor, which you then uh, pretty much perceive throughout the play. This is why uh, many noblemen then abandon him, abandon Macbeth's court because he becomes more and more paranoid. He fears those consequences. He fears that he could become become another victim. This is why why he then later goes to those free witches to get himself assurance so, so that he's in a way protected from these consequences. So this play a crucial role haunting. We will talk about it in later on. And of course another key key um, key um, uh, theme is evil. I mean, this is what you have with the free witches. I mean, the free witches some hound people. They some some sort of punish people, as well as you have in one in in one hand. You could say that evil is actually just there to harm living beings. I mean, this is what you have with Banker when when um, Banker some sort of here's the prophecy he says to what am I, he says to himself but this this is strange it is about the three witches who who bring Macbeth tidings about him becoming a king and Banco says but this is strange strange and often times to to win us to our harm. These instruments of darkness tell us truths, uh, win us with honest trifles to be betray in, in, us in deepest consequences. So you have this as well. So, so evil, why does evil some sort of break you, bring you good? You would assume, of course, that becoming a king, you would see as something positive, as something good. But again, this is the the the, the celebrations are thwarted or in a way dampened because through Macbeth's mind, immediately some sort of uh, runs the notion uh, yeah, that you will probably have to commit murder so evil in that sense is uh, haunting people but as well as it comes with a punishment so it is not that those free witches just just uh, destroy people's lives but that there is a good reason for it or some of the reason you would say this stingy woman this stingy fat woman who wasn't willing to to share this chestnut so, so, so there is a reason for it, uh, why evil some sort of haunts the living. Uh, so, because you again 
could say Yemek, Beth couldn't have or shouldn't have went for it. He shouldn't have some sort of got rid of it. So the the position of evil is some sort of you would say it is not very clear in that sense. It is is it really pure evil which just only uh, uh, harms the living, or it, it is some or is evil some sort of a punishment? which haunts you, which follows you, which you uh, or you get punished for something you did and so on. So this some sort of comes with evil or with the notion of evil. We will talk about evil later on as well because it is indeed very important. But the notion of evil here is not uh, one would assume right out uh, right out evil or rather villainous it is rather you would say that evil is part of this this theme of haunting where you are being haunted for a past crime or a past thing you did so we will continue the next time about scenes this is I think will be very important so I hope that you will join join me again. This was Adam Kierbas and I hope that you take care of yourselves. Bye. When so much of life is about the big moments, it's the details in the all-new 2022 Grand Wagoneer that make the small moments truly special. Take joy in American premium design and available technology, like the 23-speaker Macintosh reference entertainment system, and with seating for up to eight, no detail is overlooked. Because it's the details that make every journey grand. The Grand Wagoneer. Grand adventures return. Wagoneer is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details.